this morning, uh, as we come to this, this time of the year, I, I wanted to share with you, uh, as working on getting the, the PowerPoint going on this, this morning, uh, I'll have you turn with you, me in your Bibles to, uh, let's start off here in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, Jesus was born unto us. Jesus was born unto us. And I want you to, I think I capitalized that unto because he, there's going to be a little difference. I'll show you in a moment. But he was born unto us. And in uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 9, I'm going to begin here in verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but the future he will honor, in the future he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boots used in battle and in every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Now, now these next two verses are somewhat familiar to us. Uh, we hear sometimes uh, during the Christmas season, and it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the of the uh, end of his or increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign in David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing him, upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we yield ourselves to you today. Everybody here, Lord, could could probably share a testimony of some of the things they've seen even gone through this last week. But, Lord, we come here. We're here now for this time. This is the time, Lord, you've brought us together. May we put aside all other cares of this world and all other concerns, Lord, and be able to put our concerns on you, Lord, and the, and the word of God and the message that you are wanting to declare unto us today, Father. Draw unto us. Thank you, Father, that you sent your precious son, Jesus who was born unto us. What a great joy that is. Help us to have joy in the midst of the tears and the trials. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We know here, as, as we read these verses, a lot of times we, we emphasize the words, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. But also Israel was going through, or about to go through some huge, in difficult times. This is in, in the context here. He's writing to to Israel, but also also us as Christians and Bible believing folks have have uh, see these verses too as being evangelical or speaking of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who came and was born unto us. I was as I was doing some studies after uh, Kenny wrote me. He said, "But Pastor Corey can't even talk." I said, "Oh my goodness, he must be going bananas because he." He's like I am. We, we like to talk, you know, and, and uh, not feeling well. So, so sorry to hear that. But as I was doing some studies yesterday, I came across uh, a guy that's supposed to be well-known. He just wrote a book 
and published it, uh, and he's talking about, well, y- you can't use these verses. He's saying in the, uh, here, he says, you can't use these verses to say that this is speaking about the Messiah. He's, he said it's, 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 it's speaking to just them here in Israel. It's not speaking about the Messiah. But let me tell you something, folks. Who else could it be but Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, Emmanuel? We just sang about him a few minutes ago. Emmanuel means God with us. And who else could it be but that unto us a child is born? Unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's none other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and even in Isaiah being proclaimed before the time. Uh, children that were born to uh, like Abraham uh, and Enoch and others, uh, the scriptures would often say the baby, the child was born uh, to them. They were, they were born to Abraham or born to Enoch and all throughout the scriptures. But when you come to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the, the verses here say he was born unto us. He was born unto us. Now, the Virgin Mary was uh, the God, the Holy Spirit, allowed Christ to be uh, made within her, if you will, and she became his child. And as she was a good woman, a godly woman, and to think that she was chosen above all women to be the mother of Jesus, if you will. But she is not our intercessor. She is not the one we pray to. We don't have to go and pray to Mary. We don't have to go and pray to the saints. We don't have to pray to anyone other than our Lord Jesus Christ, even though she was a good woman. Don't get confused with that and, and get to praying to, uh, through Mary, uh, even though, well, yes, there was an immaculate conception, as it was called. Uh, it was a miracle of God. But he, Jesus, was the God-man, and, and God allowed Jesus to be born, you know, uh, in a, uh, with, uh, through, in and through uh, Mary, but yet she is not our intercessor. Think about ourselves for just a moment, each one of us that are here today, and the folks that you know, maybe others at school, others in college, neighbors, if you have neighbors, uh, friends, folks you run into on a doctor's office. I don't know about you, but I've seemed like I've been visiting the office there quite a bit uh, here, here lately. And um, you know, you go into these doctor's office, and, you, and sometimes you get to meet people. But think about our lives without Jesus Christ for a moment. Can you remember the times back, if you are a Christian today, and I would hope and pray almost everyone here is, if, if not all, but I never take that for granted. Because there could be someone here this morning who has never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I hope you'll call on him today. But think about it, what it was like for you before you put your faith and trust in Christ. We were lost. We, ha- we, we had nothing. We were, we were spiritually empty and, and broken without him. And we think about the world today. You think about who may or may not be our leaders. Sometimes I wonder if they're even there, um, uh, regardless of where, the, where their background are, are, are they even comprehending what's even going on anymore with us. Uh, can't even hardly, you know, some of them can't even complete sentences and things now, and others are like, we don't know what to do. And, and it's, it's, there's a lot of confusion going on in the world today, uh, even in, in leadership. I've never personally seen anything like this in my entire life of what's going on in America. And if you've been to the gas station lately, what can I say, you know? 
I got excited because I found gas in Gainesville for just a little over $3 a gallon. I'm like, wow. And then I thought, wait a minute, we're getting good. <laughs> a year ago, it was two or less. So, uh, you know, a lot's happened in a year. And you say, wow. You go to the grocery, you go to the store, everything's up. They say 8%. Come on. Some of it's 25%, you know, 30%. I was behind a guy buying some hamburgers yesterday, and he said, wow, y'all gone up to $7.50? Yeah, I only paid five-something about a month ago, and he ran out of money. And people behind him, we were in our pockets trying to come up with the change to help him buy them hamburgers. You know, it's, it's, it's hitting all of us. Where are we without Christ? And I tell you what, folks, the government's not going to fix it. Um, the government of the United States obviously is not going to fix the problems. The only one whom we have that can help us with these problems today is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Born in a manger. Born, think about that. Born in a lowly manger. Um, in fact, uh, Bethlehem. Think about the manger here for a moment. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Why would he come as a little innocent baby? A little tiny baby. It was God's will to bring him like that. He came in that, uh, as a humble little baby, Jesus. And in the manger, some say it was uh, wooden. Some say it was maybe of a stone. Um, and uh, they said he was born in a manger. Well, he was put in the manger after he was born, uh, surely. We don't know all the, the intricate details. There's no sense in fussing and fighting over a stone manger or wooden. And people will fight over those things for years. But we know he was in a manger. And, uh, and we know that there was no room for him in the end. There isn't any room right now in America hardly for Jesus anymore either. You can't even say everything you say. There's something wrong with it. You know, just the basic, I mean, we can't even talk anymore. Uh, and uh, as you see with the, with the coaches, they, you know, they last, they're only lasting a few weeks anymore. And then they, they collect multi-millions. And some make it a year or two, but it's just unbelievable what's going on in our world today. We need to come back to Jesus. Jesus, the one that was born in that manger, Bethlehem. Uh, Bethlehem was known, I don't know if you knew this, but my wife Terry came across this the other day, and it's really interesting, but it was known for their unblemished lambs. I don't know if you knew that. It's very interesting, but they, they actually were known for their lambs in Bethlehem. And so uh, Jesus being the unblemished lamb, if you will, the unblemished lamb of God going to Bethlehem, um, what, a, what a wonderful and wonderful and, and tremendous thing that this was. Now look with me, if you will, for just a moment to Luke chapter 2. As we go into the New Testament here in Luke chapter 2, in verse 39, Jesus had a plan. I don't even know if I'm following the PowerPoint. Let's see. Let's, let's move that up a little bit and see where we are. All right, Jesus had a unique plan. I guess we're right there, okay? Luke chapter 239, and, um, and if you want to read along with me. Uh, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord. By the way, let me stop here. I'm gonna, when the word of God speaks, listen to it. Every single word of it, listen to it. Listen to what's being said here because you, you could miss something very, very important. Notice here, Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord. They returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child, by the way, who is this child? 
the child grew. Who, who grew? <laughs> That's right. Hello, everybody. We wake this morning. <laughs> All right. So Jesus grew and became strong. He was filled. Notice this. Jesus was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So Jesus, even from, he was Jesus, the Son of God, even from the very beginning. And, and like I say, he had a plan. Notice now in verse 41, he goes to the temple. He goes to the temple. Uh, every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. So Jesus is 12 years old. Uh, when he was about 12 years old, when he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. And the feast, when the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were not aware of it. Now, it's kind of funny in a way, but it's not. But think about it. If, if he was missing three days. You go, you can read here a minute. Now, look here. They, they, they were at the feast. They were, they were on their way home. And they weren't aware he was missing. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. And they thought they had the child with them. <laughs> then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple courts. Let me stop for a minute. How many of you have lost your children for three days? And I think about that. That's it's It's really... You'd be in jail <laughs> for that. You'd go to jail for. I mean, if you or you leave them in a car, uh, you know, whatever. They didn't have to worry about that. They had. They had the. You know, they weren't in the car. But, but he was missing three days. Now we know this was all in God's plan, of course. But they missed him. He was missing three days. There's three again. There's three again. Uh, you see the the three that comes up in the Bible so many times. The three. Uh, by the way, the spotless lamb of God were kept in a home. Uh, the spotless little lambs, not the lamb of God, but the spotless little lambs that were born in Bethlehem were often kept in a home for three days before they were before they were released. Jesus, the Son of God, now missing for three days. But what was he doing? Was he on his cell phone? No. Was he um, uh, watching TV? No, didn't have that. Was he doing something? No, he was not. But look what he look what Jesus was doing. Thinking he, he they were he was in his company, their company. They traveled on for a day, and then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him where? In the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. So Jesus was sitting there. He was in the temple courts. He was in the temple courts. He was learning. He was listening. He was carrying out the will of his Father. God had a plan for Christ. He was going to be the, he's the one that came to be our Messiah, the one to bring the gospel of Christ. But yet he was, he was willing to sit under these teachers, and he was asking them all these questions. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Now, I suspect she was saying it more like this. Son, what in the world? What are you doing? We've been looking for you all. It's been three days. What's up, youngin? You're going to get it when you get back to the, back to the wherever. 
back to the back home. We're gonna you're gonna get it. And you better not say a word either. You know. I mean, I'm sure that I don't think she said, son, now, why did you do this? Um, your father and I have been looking for you. No. Now, Jesus did something very interesting. You've got you to hear this and understand it. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. You know, you hear the song, Mary, did you know? I, I think Mary was picking up on some things here and I, I think that that's why things change here but Jesus was even though Jesus was an, a, ch- a child here 12 years old he was still God in the flesh so he had that flesh he was a child I'm sure he played just like other ch- other children did you know he didn't walk around with his hands folded playing all the time you, you know what I'm saying I, I mean he he was a child, but yet he was the perfect son of God. And, uh, and so he, uh, you can see his humanity here. And then you can also see his, his uh, godliness when he said, I had to be in my father's house. He wasn't speaking about Joseph then. He was speaking about his heavenly father. He had to be in the father's house, but they didn't understand him. And it says in verse 52, he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. So see, Jesus was not showing disobedience. I've heard people say, well, why in the world did Jesus talk back to his parents? What kind of example is that? No, Jesus was not being disrespectful there. He was sharing from his his godly spirit within him that he needed to be in his father's house learning. And by the way, aren't you glad you're in the, 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 we know this is the church. We know this is a building. But there's something about congregating in the house of God and, uh, and coming and praying together. There's just something about uh, folks coming together, uh, you know, in worship t- together with him. Uh, although we know we can worship in other places, and that's for sure. But we can, we can, we can come together and have that special time together. But they didn't understand. So they, they, um, uh, they, they went on down to Nazareth, and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. So Mary took all of these things that were said and put them in her heart, and it says Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and men. Now, earlier it said the child grew strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was with him. And so even, I think about the time even before they went here, probably his father and, and, and probably maybe his mother taught him the Hebrew Scriptures. And he was he, he learned, surely he was learning God's Word. And then, he, God brought him here uh, for three days, again, to, to, to begin to prepare him. And, and even though the, the parents had, had lost him, and he increased uh, in, his, in his wisdom, um, you know, uh, with, with God and men, he, he increased in stature. Now, let me ask you, let's bring it to where we're, we're at today as, as Christians. Where are you in your walk with Jesus Christ today? Where are you in your relationship to Christ? You say, what do you mean where am I? I'm a Christian. You know, I'm, it's almost Christmas. I've got a Christmas tree up, you know, and all, and I've, I've done this and that, and I've, I've been a witness to others. I've been, but where, where are you? Where, where am I? As we look upon Emmanuel, as we look at God with us, even though we know he was in the manger, we don't leave him in that manger, do we? He grew up. And then we, we know that he became, like I say, he was a, a wonderful 
precious child, but yet he sat under the teachers and he learned of, of God. And I encourage you, this has been the most crazy. I thought last year was crazy. <laughs> and then this year came along, and I think it was a little bit crazier in some ways, if you know what I'm saying, crazy. All kinds of things have happened. And now they're talking about next year. If you listen to some people, the end of the world's coming now, in the, uh, you know, in the next few year, weeks, and it could, but and I, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, all of these things that have happened, I've seen so many people go through some very heartbreaking things. Just this morning, I saw somebody that had died at the hospital. Just before the sermon, I was called. A horrible accident took place near Ocala. Three out of six family members dead. Uh, this is just the last few hours. I see so many people die. I see so many people, young men, that have been shot or shot someone else. And many of those young people will listen. They'll listen. I, I didn't think they'd listen. I thought they'd be smart aleck and everything. But many of those young men and, and young women that have been in these things, suicide is on the rise. Um, and, and we're coming into the season where we'll see many people, unfortunately. And you say, well, that's them. They got all these problems. It never happens to me. Don't ever say that. <coughs> Don't ever say something may not happen to you or your family member because it happens all the time. And we need to know where are we at in our walk with the Lord. He needs to be more than just somebody that we speak to occasionally in a prayer or somebody we, we wipe the dust off our Bible and read it every once in a while. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ needs to be the King of King and Lord of Lords of our lives. And we need to look to Him. We need to study the Word of God. We need to pray for one another. We need to know what's going on in the world without going crazy trying to keep up with what's going on in the world. I think you can go too far one way or too far the other, but some people are like, I don't want to know nothing. And then a meteor hits us like, what in the world happened? You know, I haven't heard nothing about that. I don't turn on the news. I don't know. So I think we ought to know somewhat what's going on in case a meteor, uh, is that what those things are called? It fall out of the sky and smack, you know, in case one of them things are hitting. We ought to know so we can duck. But but yet to stay involved in that stuff all the time and all the things that you hear too, that, that's too much too. But we need to be, we need to be a part. But all of those things put aside, continuing as you look to the end of this year and as we look to Christmas and we look to the new year coming to be involved in our local church as much as we possibly can and, and to be involved uh, in, in our walk with the Lord every day. Every day is a victory when we put it in the hands of the Lord. Every day is a victory. Every day can be a victory in Jesus. Every day, the trials and troubles of this life, we can, we can bring to him. And you know what's so wonderful? Often, often, even throughout the day, we can come to the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that little baby that grew up. And now we're going to see, of course, what, what he did when he became an adult. Uh, at just 33 years old, but that that this same Jesus that's given His all for us, we need to live for Him. We need to we need to follow Him, uh, because the world in which we live in now has changed so much; it's unbelievable. And now people are starting to go back to their homes again, and a lot of the big companies will go back to your home. How in the world can you 
can you run some of these huge businesses all the time out of your home? It's, it's almost impossible. It can be done okay, but it's kind of hard to operate on somebody on the telephone. So people, some people have to be at work and be right there and take care of the things that have to be taken care of. But you know, God's ultimate plan, not only was he born in that manger, but he was born to die. Say, what in the world are you talking about? The ultimate plan of God, our Father, was that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, would die on the cross and pour out his precious blood for you and I on that old rugged cross. And so the time comes uh, to, 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 to where Jesus carried out the ultimate sacrifice of his life, the unblemished lamb. Do you know that Jesus died on that cross exactly, exactly at the exact time that they were doing the sacrifice of the unblemished lamb in the temple mount, in the temple. The very moment, if you go and re read that, in the very moment that Jesus died on that cross, he cried out what? Three words. It is finished. What? What does that mean? It, wait, wait a minute. It's finished. It's finished. What? It is finished. The work of God was done at that point. Now, it's not over yet. Don't get me wrong, but it was finished. What was finished? That's right. His, his work on earth. And he had given his life on the cross. He had poured out his precious blood. He had taken that be beating for us. By his stripes we are, are healed. Um, all ye like sheep have gone astray and have gone every one into his own way. But the Lord, God, hath laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity, the sin of us all. So by his stripes we are healed. Now, all of sin, all of sin, past, present, future. Don't misunderstand me. I had a guy misunderstood me one time. He thought I was a heathen until I explained it. So here, listen real carefully. Don't miss this part. But when Jesus died on the cross, all of sin was put upon him. I can't even comprehend. Can you even comprehend? We can't comprehend what Jesus went through. All of our sin, all of our iniquity of all the world, past, present, future, was placed upon Christ. And, he, and when he said, it is finished, he had given his life for us and his life's blood for us. He, there was a plan, born in a manger, being trained and, and going on through life. At the age of 12, it wasn't necessarily, quote, unquote, a bar mitzvah, so to speak. And the age of 12 is not necessarily the time when someone uh, becomes a, 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 a Christian. Or, or whatever, even though I do believe there's that, that children do come to that at different points and times of their life when Christ is working in their heart. It doesn't have to be 12 years old. But then, then to come at the age of 33 and a half to die on that old rugged cross. Now, what did the people say? They said, let his blood be on us and our children. said let his blood be on us let his blood and and i'm telling you it is still by the way the jews weren't the only ones that killed jesus if you'll go back and study 
the Jews and the Gentiles all both had a part. And when you and I look back on it, guess what? We also are sinners. We're also part of that guilt. So every one of us here need to come to a time in our life when we say, you know what, I realize that Jesus died for me. I realize when he died on the cross, it was finished. He gave us all for me. And I need to give my, my life to Christ. I don't understand how churches are doing it now. A lot of churches aren't even having invitations. A lot of churches, just kind of by osmosis, people come in and they're like, okay, well, I believe, and okay, you can be a member. Would you like to teach Sunday school tomorrow? Sure, you know, but do you know, well, that's fine. And, 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 but I still believe in the old-fashioned invitation. I'm glad this church has one. Some of them, some of them don't even have one anymore. And uh, they don't have an invitation. Praise the Lord. I agree with that. And um, don't even, you know, they, they, and the people run out. They don't want to go down the aisle. <laughs> uh, um, but I believe that there's something about, now, don't misunderstand me. If somebody comes and talks to the pastor or someone later about their soul, they don't, you don't have to walk down the aisle and get saved. You say, oh, if they didn't walk down the aisle in a Baptist church, they're going to hell. No, I'm, just, I'm not saying that. No, or they didn't fill out that little piece of paper. It told where they lived, you know, and where all those things from 50 years ago you got to know about. No, that, that, that's not what gets you saved. But there needs to be a time when we say in our life, and it doesn't have to be in the church house. It can be in the house or on the out there while you're fishing or something. I had to throw that in. Or, or hunting or whatever. But, but somebody could be saved out there too. And, uh, but, but to put their faith and trust in Christ, and then we make a, what's called a public profession, a public time when we publicly come and we share with others, this is what Christ has done for me. Coming down the aisle doesn't get you saved. Being baptized just gives you a bath if you're not really born again. But when we put our full faith and trust in him, he finished the work of salvation on the cross. By the way, when he left, 40 days later, and he ascended up into heaven. And when he ascended, he didn't say, y'all have a good time down there. I think he was a southerner, a southern Jew, and he said, y'all, everything's going to be fine. No. What did he say? If I go, I'm going to come back again. And where I am, there you will be also. So we have, once we put our faith and trust in Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He will always be within us. He will always live within us. And then when the time comes, when we lay our head down, and we're going to, going to sleep, and the way things are in the medical field now, you just don't know what's going to happen. Be ready before that time comes. But when you, when you have that final, you're about to take your final breath, and you go absent from the body, you go present to be with the Lord immediately, and you will live with him forevermore. Now, someone this morning may be thinking, Preacher, I just, I've not been what I ought to be. I, I, I've not been a good person. Um, I, when I was younger, I put my faith in the Lord, but I messing around, I did this, I did that, and I don't know if God can forgive me for this. Well, let me tell you something. He died on that cross for a reason. You can't forgive yourself. You can't get that burden off your back. You can't get it taken care of. But I tell you what, the Lord will. You just got to be willing to say, Lord, I can't do it. 
I come just like I am, Lord. I just give myself to you, Lord. Forgive me. And he will forgive you for whatever you've done. You know, sometimes Christians mess up. Sometimes, often, Christians sin. Some of the meanest people I've ever known. <laughs> As a preacher, we're quote-unquote Christians. And treated me with great disdain and despair and brokenheartedness from time to time. But you know what? I still loved him. God still loved him. And I forgave him. And God forgave him. And God will forgive you whatever you've done. Whatever it is in your life. And by the way, there's secret things that people do. A lot of people don't know about. You, you may be doing some things that are wrong or illegal or secret. That's still sin. And God said, I'll forgive you. Just come to him and ask him to come to you and help you. Remember, it is finished. And that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Jesus. You ever remember the song, the old song, Jesus, Jesus, there's something about that name. There's just something about the name of Jesus. There's just something special that we, as we come to Christmas, thank God we can still say Merry Christmas. Somebody told me the other day something about when you pray, make sure you use one of these prayers that, that, that may be ecumenical, whatever that is. Uh, I don't know if that was the right word, the word that was used, but uh, I just use the, what I know, and that's in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray, because he is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even through Christmas, thank God we can say Merry Christmas. And um, regardless of whether somebody likes it or not, Merry Christmas. Um, and 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 uh, and to praise the name of Jesus, but we need to we need to make sure as we come to this time that we've given our life to the Lord. Now, in a moment, we're going to have an invitation. I have no idea what time it is. Okay, that's fine. I don't know what time it is. Doesn't matter. But we're going to have an invitation. And today, someone here may may um, need to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. It's never. It's not too late. You can do it right now. Maybe somebody today don't have Christ as your Savior. You say, how do I do it? Do I have to live good works? Do I have to go to a class? Do I? No. And I think it's good to go to some classes and learn, but, but you can just come just as you are right now. If you feel the Holy Spirit of God tugging at your heart, that's kind of how you know you, you can just feel this God speaking to your heart, and it's hard to it's hard to explain it unless it happens to you. But you'll know when the Lord gets to working on you. You can't reject Him. I don't think. I, you know. Uh, well, excuse me. Let me take that back. Some of my brethren will really take a not here, but some other places. Yes, can reject Him. There have been people that have rejected. But um, but how would you? Why would you want to reject our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Put your faith and trust in Him. And as a Christian, you may need to rededicate your life. You don't hear that too much anymore. You hear it here from your pastor. But a lot of churches, they don't talk about rededicating your life. What in the world does that mean? I have to go up and, and do something? And In your heart and soul, you know where you're at with Christ today. And you may need to say, Lord, as best I can, I just, I just, I'm, you're not getting saved again. You've already been saved, but as best I can, Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me. I've sinned. I've messed up. I know I'm born again. I know I'm going to heaven. And I thank you for forgiving me for my sins. But I just want to rededicate. I want to, it's, it's like a, a renewal, if you will, like a 
marriage renewal or something where you're renewing your 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 uh, your vows. You've already been saved, but just say, Lord, I just want to rededicate. From this day forward, Lord, I, I want to yield my life to you afresh and anew. And you can do that too. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I just yield just ourselves like right now to the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, nothing I can say can ever make a difference unless God, unless you do it. <laughs> uh, through your blessed Holy Spirit, I'm just a man, but you're God. And Lord, we look to you, God, today. And I pray, dear Lord Jesus, that your will be done as we sing this song together. And Lord, somebody may make a, a commitment privately at first and they, they don't say anything they want to talk to their preacher and that's very understandable lord and that they'll do that and and talk to preacher Corey soon and uh lord if, if and, and that's good if they want to do that but lord if they're making a decision that they need to share lord may may they do so um now lord guide and direct lord put a hedge of protection around us protect our families protect our country lord bring us back to god give us godly leaders god Help us, Lord, as we look to you, Emmanuel, God with us. Forgive our country for our great sins, God, and please allow us to continue on. In Jesus' name we pray.